live once again from downtown Flushing, New York. And yes, it's still the, uh, actually, we're not in the eye of the pandemic anymore. I don't know where we are. Uh, all I know is I still got to wear a mask when I go outside. Uh, if you if you don't know me, like I said, my name is Joe DeChara. I am a serial entrepreneur and a, I happen to have a CPA license so I can do your tax returns if you, if you need to. Also your bookkeeping. And <laughs> what I love to do is I love to talk about business and entrepreneurship. And, you know, I usually keep it to, you know, really uh, solopreneurs and, and people uh, in that category. And today I, I, I landed a big fish. <laughs> Actually, my my VA did, Elizabeth, and I thank you. Uh, for that, we have the president of Bicoastal Productions, Jack Foreman. How are you, Jack? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me, Joe. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Once, uh, you know, we got to chat for a few minutes last week. And and I don't like to go into details. I just want to, uh, you know, when I have my initial chat, because I like to be surprised during the interview, because I know that we touched on a few things, and, and I believe that, if you're watching, you're going to want to hear, you know, you're going to want to stay till the end of the interview because I got a feeling that uh, Jack will not disappoint us. And if you're watching live, give us a hashtag live. And if you're watching a replay, do, please do a hashtag replay. And I finally, somebody told me why, and it's because then you're in the thread every time somebody comments or whatever. Uh, and if, uh, you know, I'm not in, in the Facebook, actually I am. So if you have any questions for Jack or me, you can post them in the comments and I'll make sure that Jack gets them if we don't get to them today. So so Jack, tell us a little bit about Bicoastal and, and what it is and what you do. Sure, Bicoastal Productions is a talent agency based in Midtown Manhattan. We've been around for a little bit over 10 years now, and we book concerts, special events, corporate events, casino events, you name it, all around the world at various types of venues. We have a terrific roster of artists that we represent exclusively, uh, anything from classic rock, modern pop, dance, comedy, theatrical, just about anything. So uh, being an agent right now has been um, has been a wonderful thing, obviously, <laughs> being in the pandemic when all events are on hold or canceled, but uh, it's just given us a nice opportunity to be more creative and find new ways of um, seeking out revenue for our, our clients. Yeah, and, and that's what I wanted to talk about because, uh, you know, if you like me, I mean, I, I like entertainment. <laughs> I like going Good. places, I like sporting events, and I, and I wanna share uh, with the audience your website here, if that's okay. Yes, please. Uh, because you're, you're not joking when you say uh, your, your roster. Uh, because I was looking at it. And, oh wait, you got exclusives here. I mean, you have you have a lot of uh, acts. Yeah, oh, we like to keep it, we like to keep it diverse. I mean, this is just the other artists page. You know, some people that we've had very friendly affiliations with through the years and uh, continue to book pretty regularly and. Our exclusives are obviously the main focus um, as they've entrusted us with the reins of their career and, you know, building it 
has been a real exciting experience. Uh, the founders of the company are real music heads and just love great entertainment. And it's been a nice mix because of that. I, I love this guy. Colin Mockery. Right? He was on with, yeah. <laughs> Can you get him to uh, be on an interview with me here? Sure. Why not? <laughs> oh, yeah. That <laughs> guy. Uh, I, I love that show he was on with uh, Drew Carey. Yeah. Whose line is it anyway? Right, right. Uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go back and watch this. So, <laughs> what got me was, you know, I have a friend, actually, my coach, Larry Broughton, own, owns and runs a string of hotels, and he went from revenue to zero overnight. And I don't know if that happened to you, but there's not a lot of shows going on now. So, how are you guys? Uh, Pivoting. And, and one thing I want to mention is that what you said was you saw it as an opportunity to be creative, right? Yeah. I mean, adversity is a terrible thing to waste in our business. And, you know, we live thankfully in 2020 where there's nothing but new innovations each and every day, pretty much every hour for musicians and artists, especially with uh, ways of reaching audiences. So, you know, we, we did have a tough couple of weeks and a couple of months. It's still very tough, but uh, we've, we've had to make some difficult decisions and some difficult cutbacks, but, you know, we're full steam ahead, whether the shows return this year, which we're not projecting them to necessarily, but if they do or don't, we still want to be keeping busy with, uh, with new things and keeping our clients busy. Okay. So, uh, so business dropped off. So what, I mean, the, the live shows, are you know canceled yeah right uh or postponed postponed is what uh yeah by the way if you hear hear some crying my daughter's upstairs we have a one-year-old oh working from home is uh allowed for some you know guest commentary from time to time yeah no i I like babies and i like dogs (laughs) yeah okay and for some reason i don't know but if you notice when somebody's on a zoom call and they have a cat the cat has to be seen. Yeah. It, uh, it's, it's strange. That's a good call. But yeah. So the baby, yeah, that, that's okay. Not too loud. I can still hear you. Great. So tell me uh, how, you know, I got so many questions between the people, you know, the entertainers that are out of work. What are they doing? I mean, that I, I assume they all apply for unemployment. Well, and what steps did you take initially and what are you doing now? Being an artist representative or a representative of any kind means that you have to sometimes take a step back so that you can be there professionally and even emotionally for your client. I think that's true in any kind of field of representation. I think that what we were doing, you know, when the when the world shut down, for lack of a better statement, you know, we had buses out on the road with complete tours and everything included. And it was just all of a sudden all at once and we had to be level-headed because it was it was all fielded very very quickly so therefore you know we had to take a step back we had to assess the potential loss and assess the potential threats of this and really start thinking quickly as to ways of of offsetting as much as we could i mean even even though we are able to reschedule a lot of our shows you know it's a blessing we probably rescheduled about 90 percent of our shows that were canceled. However, as, as you can probably assume, 
it's not new revenue at the, by the time these shows come back, whether it's 2021 or anything. I mean, it's deferred revenue. And during those times, they should be, you know, moving even further in their careers. But at, at this point, we're just happy to have the work and the shows on the map. But um, that was that, that was really what we had to do was just reschedule as much as possible so that there was a light at the end of the tunnel for our clients. And then as time went on and the shows stayed uh, either postponed or canceled, we started getting very actively involved in in streaming and virtual performances. So okay. that's kind of that's kind of our next big phase that we're excited about and spending a lot of our efforts. Yeah, I mean, uh, what do they say? I forget what they say, but when things are bad, people have to like uh, step up and figure things out. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, nobody wants to go through the pain, but. Uh, you know, I was saying from the beginning that business doesn't stop just because things are bad. You know, now it's, it's time to really, you know, regroup. And uh, so, you know, the $64,000 question for me is when you, you're talking about the, the rescheduling. So when can I expect to uh, be able to go to a casino, let's say? That is going to depend on where, which casino and what state. I mean, we have shows at casinos that are scheduled for later this summer, and they're projecting that those would still be on. And with casinos, you bring up an interesting point because a lot of them are not subject to the same governing bodies that most venues be. They're actually, if they're on a Native American reservation, it's more it's more a matter of local law and ordinance rather than what the government is saying nationally. Uh, but when it comes to regular venues, I mean, it's really going to depend on the state. I had a, a show scheduled for, uh, you know, for Eastern Texas in two weeks from now, and it just got canceled today, finally, because of the recent spike. But all this time, even though everything was canceled for the summer, this one venue was holding out hope and power to them because they thought they could get it done at half capacity. And we wanted that to happen. We wanted to see them go on with the show and get our artists some, you know, some needed work. So it's going to, it's going to vary based on where you are and how bad things get. If there's a territory where it's gotten a lot more managed, especially overseas where some countries have done a really good job of suppressing the spread of this, you know, that's where you may see it return first. The only problem is, is if you you've got a bunch of American artists who they're not going to let over, you know, you got to get really creative with it. Wow. So, yeah, I was going to say, because you mentioned that you're worldwide. So yeah. are you booking things overseas yet? Yeah, well, I mean, I had shows that was, uh, I, had, I had one tour in particular that was scheduled in November, and that was going to be going through uh, the United Kingdom and going through uh, France and uh, other parts of Europe, you know, and then we also had a few things on the books for Southeast Asia, which was the first thing that you thought of when you, uh, when this all broke out. And chances are all of it's going to get rescheduled into 2021. And we're okay with that because we'd rather keep it alive and have the promoters not spend significant amounts of dollars on marketing during a time where people aren't even thinking about buying a ticket for something in November like they usually would over the summer. So it's a bit of a, of a tough call at times. And we've got festivals planned next year in Spain and in, uh, in other parts of Europe, but we're okay with waiting and seeing and the artists as long as they can have some sort of a guarantee or at least a projection of what it's going to look like in 2021, they're okay with deferring it as well. 
Right. Well, they're probably they're used to uh, the ups and downs of, of this kind of business, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I had one artist that told me, um, you know, they said that if you could survive CBGB in the in the seventies, you could survive. <laughs> I remember that. Oh yeah. God. But uh, so, what about the artists? Are they like, what are they doing? Are they, you know, I could see like the bands maybe popping out new albums or something. You know, they, I mean, they got to be doing something. Are they going star crazy? A lot of them are, you know, there's the artists out there, you know, we have a number of them that are financially set in a way where they can really sit this one out and regroup and just, you know, take care of their families at home. But then there are other artists that, you know, don't necessarily have that means. uh, So they're having to get crafty and feisty with it. And a lot of them, yes, they are focusing on creating great content and uh, getting getting with their bands remotely, if possible. Again, with the with great tech has come great ability to connect people especially with musicians, you know, dealing with low latency jam sessions. However, my my personal favorite thing that they've been doing that we've been offering a lot of assistance with and also creating more and more affiliate partnerships with is these, uh, you know, there are these live stream platforms out there where artists can literally sell tickets to a virtual show and the audience feels a very intimate connection with them, you know, because they can buy a ticket that just gains them access and then they can continue to buy add-ons and packages to that uh, to really elevate their experience on almost a VIP plus level. And it's been a great, great source of revenue while everybody's sheltered at home. And now with, again, with technology being what it is, you can actually do it in pretty high quality, no matter where you are, even if you're a do-it-yourself artist or an international touring sensation. It, 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 I say all the time in the show, like I use this thing called StreamYard. Mm-hmm. It, I'm like flabbergasted because when I got into business, the fax machine is, is like a mystery. And then they had beepers. I'm like, we stream live, live all over the world. And like, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, so, agents, agents still use fax machines. They do, right? Yeah, yeah, we got. You know, we're we're heavy on paper still. I believe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually I have a virtual fax machine, so yeah, I have to fax things to the IRS and the government. But uh, so these so how do how do I tap into these? I haven't heard about these live shows. Well, I mean, are, are they? Do you want to tap in as a viewer, or do you want to try to you know see what else you can do to get involved? I mean, as a viewer. Uh, they're being posted more and more. I mean, YouTube has obviously always been the big one for streaming, but a lot of people have gotten involved with Twitch, especially since Twitch is owned by Amazon. They've allowed that wonderful vertical integration to take hold on the national market or the international market where people are making a really strong living going live on platforms like Twitch, Facebook Live or YouTube. And then one that we've actually partnered with on a on an affiliate level is a platform called Veeps, which is a play on the word VIP. And it was built by artists for artists. And uh, now we're actually marketing it to a lot of venues and places like that as a means for, you know, these empty houses to essentially unload a bunch of tickets that were normally going to be empty seats to a virtual audience. You know, these theaters are either going to be TV studios or virtual sound stages or limited, limited audiences, no matter where you go. 
Right. That. Yeah. Well, it's it's sort of exciting. I mean, I like I said, you don't want to go through a pandemic, but uh, what I see, somebody like you know, a business like yours, you might say, you know what, these, these virtual things are a lot less expensive to put on, and we can do more of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I see, I have friends doing like uh, shows, you know, like uh, three day events. And, you know, it takes a lot to get five or 800 people to an event. A lot of money. They're doing them online now. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, I don't know how that's going to be. I mean, I, we, we have a lot of different conferences and shows that come up at a certain time of year and they're all clustered. And it's usually hopping from city to city within a matter of weeks. And yeah. now it's all going to be right here, like you and I are speaking. And I don't know what it's going to be like, to be honest with you. I, I don't know if the experience is going to be the same, but it could also mean the ability to have more structured, blocked out times with each potential buyer. So that could be a plus side of it. Yeah. Who knows? But there's definitely a massive change uh, going on. So, yeah. listen, I appreciate all of that information, but another thing you brought up because i don't think you'd be able to pivot uh like you have without this and you you talking about team building and my my mentor larry broughton that's why he's big on team building that's one of the reasons why i uh i hired him so what what can you tell us about that part of uh <clears throat> you know how you became president of the company well, my uh, my mentor, I think behind every great uh, or even OK business person is a great mentor. You know, I my mentor always taught me uh, one of the classic classic sayings that you, you know, you manage systems, but you lead people. And as a younger guy, you know, dealing with a lot of people who are much, much older than me, whether it's been at my own company or on the artist or buyer side, it has been a bit of an interesting experience. But. I actually believe that if you're the smartest person in the room, then you might be in the wrong room. And you really have a lot, <laughs> you, you really have a lot you can learn, especially from young people. I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I came in with this company after I left a bigger agency here in New York and, you know, the, the company, the partners who own the company are in their seventies right now. And, but to their credit, one of the things that they've always really liked to do is just, ask everybody at the table, regardless of age, credential or experience to weigh in on things. And it's actually allowed us to continue to be more of a forward thinking company. So I, I think that I think I, I'm a big believer that people help support a world that they create. So if you put a lot of if you if you make management more of a collaborative thing than a dictate dictatorship type of thing, then I see a lot more opportunity there for smaller teams to really progress a lot quicker, especially in the startup world. And in my business, particularly, it just, you know, things happen so quickly and people rise so quickly that if you don't believe in them quickly enough, then you may miss the boat. Cool. <clears throat> so how do you uh, cultivate team members? Because not everybody is going to be a good team member, right? No, <laughs> if somebody, I mean, I don't, I actually don't have a problem with people who want to be lone wolves and, you know, really blaze their own trail of, of a certain area where they have a lot of proficiency, but at the same time, as long as people can respect the product, 
you know, these, these aren't, these aren't um, insurance policies we're selling. These are artists in their life, their life's work. You know, if people can respect that and they can respect the fact that we're all sharing a roster as a team, you know, it's not like I represent X client on my roster. We work geographically and everybody has to work as a team or else tours will not route. It's impossible. Um, you know, and I'm always looking to add, you know, creative new members, regardless of where they come from. You know, you may even find some of your best agents who used to run theaters or were promoters or casino buyers and everybody in between, you know, people who were in recording or who were in media who just know how to sell. I mean, that's really it. You're, you, you forget it so easily, but you're, you're a salesperson as an agent and your product is the life's work of somebody whom you care about. But at the same time, you feel a little bit more passionate about a great band than a used car, you know? So it's, <laughs> at least I do. I mean, I, I, I'm such a music appreciator. I don't want to say aficionado, but an appreciator, I guess, for lack of a better term, that I really respect the product and I'm passionate about my clients because I really appreciate the hard work they put into it. And anybody who works with me on either side of the table, you can tell within the first 30 seconds of meeting them if they have that same sort of fire for it. Yeah, <clears throat> That's awesome that you can be in a business that you actually love. I'm grateful. Yeah. Very grateful. Yeah, not everybody gets that chance. And uh, right now, that that's why I, I seek out people that have a passion for something. I don't care what it is. And I said, we'll find a way to make it into a business. But, uh, you know, two things that, what did you say? Uh, if you're the smartest one in the room, you need to get out of the room. You're in the wrong room. Yeah. <laughs> you're or you're probably in the wrong uh, room. I just, I you, and I just said this this morning. On, I forget what it was, but uh, my daughter, when she was 11, came home and said, my, my teacher told me if I'm the smartest person in my group, I should find a better group. <laughs> I don't know if she was 11 or 14, but yeah, that's true. And, and I don't mind being the, the not the smartest person in the room. But I yeah. realize who you are now. You're Ari Gold. <laughs> on on entourage right is that uh, what you do in my, maybe in my dreams i'm already good. I, the, the biggest the biggest fallacy of the agency world is that uh it, when it comes to comparing it to entourage is that a nobody dresses in the agency world like ari dresses or anything <laughs> uh there are personalities like it i mean ari is based off of ari emanuel who runs william morris endeavor in in um you know in la and legend you know his brother is the yeah. you know rom manual and i mean you know working with motion picture and talent in that in that department you know in literary it really all is just a different piece of the puzzle that makes up any agency you know we focus right. primarily on stage and music shows but uh you know i i guess in the in the sense of a similar industry i guess ari gold but Maybe in my dreams, uh, the personality, yeah. like quick wittedness. And if I were the true Ari Gold, uh, my wife would tolerate me even even less than she tolerates <laughs> me being home every second now. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. But uh, so what else can I ask you while, while I have you here? Is there uh, any anything you want to talk about that you have going on that you want to maybe uh, mention? To anybody sure. that's listening, 
Well, I really have been, as I told you before, I really have been excited about a lot of the different platforms out there that are allowing, you know, fans and artists or leagues even in, in the sports sphere to engage with audiences and, and the other side during this pandemic. I've been just so fascinated by it. And one of the companies that we've partnered with recently is a firm called Hear Me Cheer. It's a wonderful platform. And if you're a sports fan at all, uh, if you've been watching boxing on ESPN every uh, Tuesday and Thursday night, you know, they've started doing it now at the MGM Grand. They've instituted this platform where people can literally watch the show and cheer on, into their phone or into their computer and hear it live on the broadcast. Are you Lola. serious? I'm, I kid you not. If you flip on today is uh, Wednesday, if you flip on ESPN tomorrow night, check it out. They're going to they'll keep putting the link at the bottom of the screen and just. Uh, I knew from the second that I saw that I had to reach out to them and make the connection and they couldn't have been kinder people to work with and wanting to work with us in, um, you know, in getting into the music field and, you know, getting into concerts and streaming events. And uh, I highly recommend if you're a sports fan to look into it, you're going to be seeing that software with a lot more leagues, especially as they continue to have fanless atmospheres. So, you know, look out for tech platforms like that, you know, that really connect the dots because there, there's always, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, especially during a global pandemic. So things like this platform, Hear Me Cheer, you know, and this platform I mentioned earlier called Veeps is just, you know, these, these great opportunities to consume and also provide tremendous content right now. I just thought of a crazy business and I have to share it with you. <clears throat> Imagine watching a baseball game with this uh, hear me chair chair and then you can order a $20 beer and an $18 hot dog and have it like uh, with one of those drones. Yeah. So then you really get, you know, the feeling. Nothing, nothing, nothing screams live, live baseball or live sports, you know, than price gouge concessions. <laughs> That's really it, you know, then you get the but, full experience. I could see that happening. You know, there's, there's some really amazing things. So anyway, uh, Mr. Foreman, thank you for your time. Thank you. Uh, Great to be with I you. Would, yeah. I'm going to be following you. How, I, you know, how do I, I'm going to, are you on LinkedIn? How do I find you on there? I am. I'm on. I'm on LinkedIn. If anybody wants to ever get in touch with us, I uh, welcome emails. You know, I just hopefully I'll get back as soon as I can. You know, things are certainly busy, which is always good for everybody. But uh, talent, <laughs> talent at Bicoastal Productions. If you ever want to get in touch with us, we do read every email, and uh, you know, we welcome new ideas, innovations, partnership, and you know, if you're somebody that's really interested in working with a company like ours, we're always taking new people, you know, looking for the next phase of everything. So uh, again, you know, bicoastalproductions.com, you can find us there, but just, uh, you know, don't be a stranger if uh, you liked anything you heard or if you just want to learn more about what we do. Yeah, awesome. I actually, I think I know some people that uh, actually this one, a friend of mine is a, she deals with actors and actresses, I think she's, uh, but I, I'll, I'll connect you. So that that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this has been great. Uh, it's great to have somebody on the East Coast so we don't have to screw up the, the time zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jack, have a great day. And uh, I look forward to uh, following you some more. Thank you. You as well. Thanks so much, Joe. Yeah. Yes. Thank you.